debate on whether cheerleading qualifies as a sport is ongoing. There is no doubt, however, that cheerleaders are athletes. In the Cheer Athlete Podcast, we'll dive into all things that may affect athletes who cheer. If you're interested in the sport of cheer, then this is a podcast for you. We'll talk with industry leaders and cheer enthusiasts who keep the sport of cheerleading progressing. I'm your host, Laura Turner, a.k.a. The Cheer PT, and I look forward to helping keep your your athletes healthy and safe and on the mat, ready to progress and hit zero at all times. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to The Cheer Athlete. Today I have with me Matthew Holdridge, who is the coach and owner of Bay State All-Stars in uh, Millbury, Massachusetts, and also the coach of Shrewsbury High School, and located in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. And I'm very excited to talk to Matthew today uh, regarding the differences and the similarities between all-star and high school coaching. Um, he's been a, a coach and involved in the cheer world for a, for a long time. And um, so I'm happy to have you here and, and talk about cheerleading and your experience in cheerleading. Welcome to the podcast, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, uh, you, you know, like I said, you've been coaching for a long time how did you how did you get started uh coaching in the all-star or and in what well, tell me about your cheer career like how'd you get here today <laughs> so in high school well I mean I started as a dancer so I danced my entire life and then in high school I think where most people get their start I started coaching our town like Pop Warner League for years so I coached them went away to college um and continued coaching them through the my freshman year of college actually and then um I think it was my junior year of college um started coaching all-stars um and just haven't really looked back ever since and um you know it's grown and changed drastically since you know back in the early 2000s when I was in college to you know where it is now but um yeah, I started doing that probably in 2002 um, and have been doing it ever since. That's awesome. Um, ha, uh, so can you briefly talk on like, because I, I know the change, I know a lot of changes have happened, but how have you seen the athleticism change in those last which is unbelievable to me, 20 years? <laughs> I, I know, it's unbelievable to me as well. <laughs> Um, I think, um, based on athleticism years ago, it was, um, it was just like, you know, everybody for themselves in, you know, a couple of divisions. And so now 20 years later, there's, you know, seven different levels. And, um, I mean, the kids at every level, whether they're level one, level six, level seven, I mean, the athleticism and the skills that's required for them is, is incredible. And I mean, I think that it's um, great no matter what your level is, because years ago we used to turn people away, you know, if they didn't have, you know, a set skill set that we were looking for, which is, is sad in the industry. Um, so now being as there's all these levels, there really is a place for everybody, no matter if they are just beginning, um, because I get kids who have never cheered before who you know, at the end of a season are a great level one or a great level two athlete and watching them develop all the way, you know, through the leveling system to four, five, and six um, is incredible. I mean, 
and the amount of skills that they have to do in every level, even being at level one, you know, and teaching them, you know, the basics of tumbling and front and back walkovers and the basics of stunting, you know, TikToks. It's just, you know, different grips and things like that to make it legal. But it's still incredible to watch a beginner athlete, you know, coming to terms and learning how to do those skills. And then still, you know, doing those skills as they, you know, get older and develop into the four, five, and sixes. Um, again, like I said, just with, you know, different grips and at different heights and levels and things like that. Do So this is, I don't know much about all-star cheerleading as we were talking about. Yep. So it's done by levels and that's skill level. It doesn't have to do with age. It, it has to do with both. Yeah. So, I mean, even at level one, you can be a tiny level one or a senior level one um, based on, you know, what your age is. So, I mean, at Bay State, we try our best to, um, to split the kids based on their age and their level, because it still is important to most of the athletes to be around kids of their same, you know, age and maturity level. Obviously, you know, there's always the exception to the rule, um, but we do try to keep them with, you know, kids that are in the same grade and things like that. So it's not like, you know, one 14-year-old with, you know, a dozen eight or nine-year-olds because that's not healthy for anybody. You know, nobody wants a seven or eight-year-old necessarily with, you know, 14-year-olds and what they're talking about. For, and the same works backwards. 14-year-olds want to be with 14-year-olds and not necessarily eight-year-olds. So it doesn't always work, unfortunately, but um, we do try our best to, because that is an important thing in the all-star world as well, making sure that they're doing the skills that they have and also with people of the same mindset and same age and maturity level and things like that. That's yeah, that I, I always question that. I'm like, oh, that, you know, the age difference in like just the peers, you know, I mean, cheerleading in general for me was always the team. I, I mean, I love the the skill of being, you know, in the in the stunting and the tumbling and and dance and jumps and all that. But I but the the team bonding and the friendships that were formed um both for myself and from the teams that i coached i think um was the biggest part of it and so i, I can that's I'm, i admire you for doing that because i think that's a huge piece of you know building those bonds and everything on and team wise and trust you know your kids have to trust each other and in order to do that they have to be able to bond so right, for sure. um so you also are coaching at shrewsbury high school how um, first of all, how do you do it? That's a lot of time commitment. <laughs> um, but um, how, because I, I see a lot of uh, parents question, you know, is high school worth it? And um, can you actually go on to cheer in college or to a higher level team if you are coaching or you're cheering in high school? Um, what differences do you see and what similarities do you see? And, you know, how are you finding the, um, and, and do you think, you can progress in just cheerleading at high school or just cheerleading at all stars. It's yeah. Kind of a so question. <laughs> I definitely, uh, so I've been at Shrewsbury now this going into my ninth year. So um, we've gone through a lot of, you know, every season playing with, you know, what works best for our program too. Um, and recently over the last couple of years, I've had a huge influx of kids who have never cheered before, but um, at tryouts, like, you know, 
years ago, it would be my first year. It was like, you have had to have a standing talk to be on the team. And, you know, then we had a JV team back then. And like, it was like, you have to have a handspring to be on the JV team. And so the requirements were so high. And as the years have come and, you know, all-stars become so big or AYF and Pop Warner was so big for a while and kids were doing that. And now I'm just seeing an influx of people who, you know, maybe were dancers or maybe are coming from there, from Shrewsbury AYF and things like that who never really did the all-star route. So they didn't really, or do gymnastics. So they don't necessarily have um, the tumbling skills, but they showed extreme potential at tryouts. So up until this past year, actually, I really had never caught anybody. I can't remember a, a year where I had to like make drastic cuts since the beginning anyways, because I always believed that it was important for everybody that wanted to be there to at least be able to cheer on the sidelines. Um, and so that's what we did for years and years and years. And this year we had almost 55 people at tryouts, which was like wow, just huge. a ton for us. And I mean, I think the most kids we've had on a team were like 30. So we have 30 jackets, 30 warmups, 30 bags. Like we didn't have enough to have 55 people. So unfortunately I had to cut like, I think I cut maybe a dozen kids and that was hard for me. And I told them, if this was any other year, you know, you would have been on the team. You would have been able to cheer up this on the sidelines. But this year I had to like kind of decide, you know, who was going to be a game day team, who was going to compete, things like that. Um, and at Shrewsbury, we have implemented since Massachusetts started the game day. It's a new division. I don't know if, if you're aware of that either, but um, it's great for us because there's no like, tumbling requirement for that so it's a lot of just stunting and leading the crowd and things that we're able to like work on and see improvement on at practices and last year was our first year doing it and the kids were reluctant about it I was excited about doing it but the kids loved it in the end and you know now we're going to do it again this season so that's like yes tumbling is great like if you want to make the the traditional competition team tumbling is always going to be you know, important to us. But now with game day, it's like, if you can hit motions and we can see you like using your mouth and use saying the words like, and you have potential, then, then there's a spot for you. And we were, we're very lucky at Shrewsbury to have a great booster club and um, a great support system. So like they are getting us new uniforms this season so we can outfit the team and, you know, not be mixed matched on the sidelines and things like that. So I have been blessed to coach in a good school system and have a lot of support. Um, and, you know, they're behind me and the coaches at, of the high school and whatever we need. That's so awesome. I'm fortunate with that. Yeah. So do you, you have both game day and traditional competitors? Yeah, so um, we will have both this season. So obviously, like I said, tumbling is important to the, the traditional team, um, not mandatory, you know, based on if I, if we need a certain stunt position or something like that, but obviously it does help because nowadays hitting the numbers on the score sheet and the rubric and things like that. And I go over that with the kids right at the beginning of the season, that it's not anything personal. It's, you know, what Massachusetts tells us that we have to do. Um, so yes. So, um, that tumbling is important to so that we have that team and then 
we have a game day team as well. And then um, there will be some girls that are just on the sideline, which is fine. And, you know, I'm sure over the next, the course of their high school career, they'll find their way onto competing on either the game day team or the traditional team. Oh, I love that you do that. It gives so many kids an opportunity. It keeps them active, you know, and, and, and I talk about this all the time. Like I tend to, I, I was very shy growing up and like hated to be in front of a crowd and cheerleading gave me that ability to do that. And when I competed, it was very different, but it, it still allowed me to kind of progress. Um, and, um, and so the fact that you give kids the opportunity to be, you know, it, I, I think I loved being in front of a game crowd, like the excitement of being in the game and learning that and doing, I liked cheering sideline. Um, and so. Um, yeah. Some people love that. Yeah. And, and, and I think it, it gives, it gives people a way to kids, a way to step out of their shells and like explore that. Um, whereas, you know, if they want to compete, hopefully they, they progress their skills and they, and they get there, but it gives them the opportunity to do that. And so I think that's huge. Um, kudos I to you. I to them, I was like, if I had it my way, I wouldn't cut any of you, you know, I would love, but that would also be if everybody was buying their own uniform and, you know, right. all their own equipment. But I just, I knew that 55 <laughs> uniforms was probably not going to be in the budget. I mean, yeah. We, we were thinking like 30 when I originally requested right. them. So then I was like, mm, we have yeah. 40 now. So that was yeah. still even a lot. Yeah. Um, but hopefully I encouraged all of them to, they were mostly underclassmen. So, you know, encourage them to keep training and, you know, come back. Don't let that be the end of their wanting to cheer, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, how do you, well... I think Massachusetts competitions are, are highly competitive. Like, like they're the last, and I haven't been to one in a while, so I need to get, I need to fix that. But um, I, you know, I keep going and looking at the different schools and the, and see highlights of stuff. Um, and, and the skills that they're doing at the high school level is, is way beyond what we were. I mean, it's like where we were in college and back in 2000. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, so how are you seeing the difference? Um, like, do you see a major difference between, uh, and I can't compare the level, obviously, but say, a level, I don't, I'm guessing level four through seven or five through seven and a varsity high school team. Like how, what's the difference between that? So honestly, like nowadays, every year, they're allowing us to do more and more in high school. So years ago, before I started coaching, like, you know, doubling down from stunts was allowed. And then they, you know, got rid of that um, for safety reasons and things like that. But now every year we're being allowed to do more and more level five and six skills even. So, I mean, I'm seeing more of a similarity between um, all-star, you know, the upper levels of all-star and high school than differences because, you know, now, First, years ago, we weren't allowed to flip at all in pyramids. Then now we're allowed to, then we were allowed to flip being held on both sides by preps. Now we're allowed to be flipping, being held on by one side. We're allowed to flip and twist now, which is, you know, an upper level, level six skill in all-star. So, I mean, they're asking more and more, you know, we're asking more and more of, and those are like the traditional competition teams, 
Um, so, you know, on top of the advanced tumbling skills that, you know, I was talking about, we're now incorporating upper level stunting skills. Years ago, we weren't allowed to do high to high TikToks. A couple of years ago, that became legal. So um, I'm seeing more and more similarities between all-star and high school than differences honestly even now it's high school is an all music routine so like i mean yeah we have like two eight counts of a cheer that we have to do but i mean when i was a kid we had that whole middle section of our routine yep. that was a cheer yeah <laughs> and you know the kids nowadays will have no idea what <laughs> what that was like to have to do the cheer in the middle of your routine um, i didn't know they changed that either so <laughs> Yeah it's, yeah, it's wild. Um, and so I, I just see a lot of, like I said, similarities yeah. versus differences, which is good because I, I, again, I think that it, an all music routine, I think shows extreme athleticism for, for our sport because they are going for two minutes and 15 seconds. And, um, you know, it's high energy, the tumbling and the jumping yeah. and nonstop. Whereas yeah. the cheer used to, you know, slow down and hopefully be a little bit of a breather, even though you had to use your words and your voice, but it was like a chill part of the routine. Yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> now it's like go, go, go until the end, which is more exciting. And yeah. you know, especially in our, in Massachusetts, in the state, I mean, there are so many great high school programs that have been great for years and it's very fun and exciting to watch. Yeah, must that uh, I I think uh, the uh, there that speaks to the athleticism again. You know, like you just said, you know that um, they there's no they really need that conditioning for those two and a half minutes, two minutes and fifteen seconds that they can go all out and um, it makes makes me want to scream more. Don't forget to breathe in the middle of it. You know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, find think your about breathing and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so. Uh, final question, I guess, on, on really the similarities on that. Do you do you feel that um, do you, do you have a lot of kids from Shrewsbury specifically that that, or do you have kids that want to go on and cheer for college, whether or not they do? Like, do you have because one thing I found at Holy Cross, uh, a lot of kids would come in and say like, I'm just burnt out. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. A lot of you like I'd reach out to cheerleaders and no, 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 I'm good. I don't want to cheer anymore because I've been I'm burnt out from high school. Do you find that a lot of kids? Eat, want to go on um what high school or all-star but and because they're similar like is there if they want to go and compete at a at a collegiate level or a more advanced all-star level are they continuing to do that whether burnout or skill level wise so years ago i used to also coach um assumption in worcester yeah. and yeah. i would it was the same thing as you just said for holy cross i would get a list of this huge list of people that were cheerleaders, whether it be all-star or high school. And I would reach out to every single one of them. And back then they were all burnt out. Nobody wanted to cheer in college. I had a very small team. And a lot of the team were like people that I either coached at Bay State or I had worked with from other high schools that went on to assumption that I like just knew that were like, yeah, like we'll come and cheer. And we were very small for my whole time at assumption now i'm happy to see a lot of my kids from bay state and from shrewsbury are going on to cheer and try out for their college teams um i think that they're reluctant at first 
and they're nervous about being able to balance everything and balance school and cheer. But I mean, I'm just a big, big advocate that I encourage them to, you know, at least try it. Like they've done it their entire lives. Why are they going to stop, you know, now that they're in college, especially I have a lot of kids that go to great schools that have great programs that I'm friends with, you know, the coaches of those programs. And I'm like, you're going to love it. You're going to be great. You're going to compete down in Daytona. It's going to be a great experience. And so far, I mean, this year, I have a lot of kids that are going on to cheer at some good schools. Um, And I have some kids that I'm still in touch with that are, that have cheered. This will be their senior year um, that have cheered the entire time and loved every second of it and go down to Daytona and a couple that have won Daytona. Um, and I mean, it is possible to, to be, you know, a good student and to be an athlete. They've done it their entire lives. There's yeah. no difference once they go to college, except that they're living away from home, yeah. you know, and they want to be adults and things like that. But, um, I'm hoping that my kids that are going this year will stick with it because I've encouraged them and told them that it will be good for them. Yeah. Um, and they'll regret it if they don't do it at the end of their college career. That's a thing I think that I, I, I hope to relay, like I stopped cheer. I cheered through college, but my senior year, I didn't try out. Um, I had cheered, I went to Northeastern and it was five years. And so I cheered for four years and had a great experience and all that. And in the end I was like, all right, I have to focus on my PT stuff and, and pay attention. And, um, it, and it's not that I regret it because I, you know, I wouldn't have gotten like, I, I like where I ended up and all that stuff, but I do, I'm like, Oh, I missed that one last chance, you know? And so I, I hope that kids continue on because you, I mean, there are some adult teams out there now, but they're fewer and far, they're far between. Um, and it's harder. And when, once you stop, you just stop and you, and yes, you get into life and there's a lot more than cheerleading out there in life, but there's nothing like cheerleading either. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. It's yeah, it's been, I say that all the time, like it's such a huge part of your life and you're not going to do it forever. So, you know, do it while you can and enjoy it while you can. And while you're 18, 19, 20, like that's the time to do it versus, yeah. you know, growing up and, and yeah. being like, oh, my body just cannot do that stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, what are there, are there any tips that you would um, give the, uh, you know, whether high school or college, like what, what are three main things that not high school, college, high school or all-star um, that would help them improve, whether like to, you know, do better at a tryout or do better, like what, what things should, should they be focusing on outside of the cheer gym or in, like, you know, are there skills that they can do, you know, in this cheer gym too, that they need to kind of focus on what's most oh. important. For Shrewsbury, I know a lot of people's, a lot of the kids' goals are obviously to make the traditional competition team. Um, So I tell them to train for that. And that means like not in May decide that they, you know, need to learn how to do a handspring because it's just, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, the amount of phone calls or emails that I get from kids that are trying out for their high school teams in May and June, and they need to get that handspring every year it's the same thing is crazy so i mean if they know that this is the path that they want to be on and they 
want to be on whatever the team is, whatever high school they go to, whatever gym they're at, you know, it's the same thing. Like make sure that you're in the gym, taking classes, working on your skills, whether that means a private lesson, whether that means a tumbling class, anything. I mean, even um, I tell some of my flyers on my high school team, like get in the gym and stretch out because like you need to have flexibility, you know, we're only putting up two or three stunts and that's going to be whoever has the prettiest position in the air. Um, because again, those are requirements on the score sheets, just like tumbling, you know, doing things to body positions are requirements. So like knowing what their role would be on a team and capitalizing on that, I guess, is important. So if that means that they need to be the best base or the best back spot, you know, making sure that they're working out and, you know, conditioning their, their bodies to do that. And, and at Shrewsbury, I do have some people where that's their go-to and that's their specialty and they're going to be the best base or they're going to be the best back spot that I need. And then some people may not have the tumbling, but they're going to be a great flyer for us. So knowing their role, but also knowing that if they have that tumbling in their back pocket, that that's going to strengthen their case for a reason why they should be on the team. Um, I try to tell them, I wish that everybody could be on the team. I don't want to have to make the decisions of how many were competing and having to break parts. Like that's not what I want to do at the end of the day. And, you know, some of them don't understand that, but there are going to be people that are upset, unfortunately, because we have to follow this little piece of paper that's actually sitting right here that I look at every day to how many people can we put on the floor? Because these are the amount of skills that we have. And the rubric dictates that this is what we have to do. So, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, everybody wants to be competitive. So we follow the rubric to a team. So I guess going back to what they could do is just prepare themselves and not in May when yeah. tryouts are in June. Like it's a, it's a year long thing at, at Bay State, I mean, we have, most of our kids are set in weekly private lessons. Like they take the same lesson with the same instructor at the same time and day, every single week, you know, in hopes of obviously, you know, improving. And, and obviously they do because they're working on it consistently. And I think that's the key is um, consistency. And that also shows you know, that you want to get better and you're willing to put in the work. And when it comes to at least myself, seeing that, seeing somebody that's putting in the work, that says a lot as well, whether you have the skill or not, just knowing that you're willing to try and commit and take the extra time and go the extra mile. Um, that's, I think that's important to coaches. Right. I know it's important to me. I'm sure it's important to, you know, other coaches throughout other gyms and high schools as well. Yeah consistency do the work and start you know that it's a year-round process it doesn't happen just at the end last minute yeah but, for sure yeah. I mean it definitely I mean for most for most people they dedicate their lives to cheering so you know especially if you're somebody who maybe falls in love with the sport later in life and you're behind the eight ball like you know once you decide like talk to the coach every coach has resources for you they will tell you you know, the closest gym or they have a friend or somebody that's willing to do a private lesson with you. I mean, every coach would want to see their athletes yeah. successful. So if you reach out to them, you know, email them, 
call them, I'm sure they would be more than happy to point you in the right direction so that they can see that athlete achieve, you know, whatever their goal may be. I think those are um, key. I think we forget as from the outside, like from coaching perspective, like you coaches, you put so much time and effort into, all right, number one, making the team come together and be cohesive. Number two, like the score sheet, I mean, not in this order, but you know, you have to build your routine around your score sheet and, uh, and really know, okay, what can each person, how can they fill that role? Um, and how much time and effort goes into that and that you, you're not actually out to get anybody. You actually care about your athletes. You want to see them succeed. And, there's only X amount of spaces available on the competition floor. And how do you make that all flow together for each and every aspect of it? And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of pieces that come together in a, in a cheer routine that are minute, but huge, (laughs) you know? Um, And so take, you know, just for the fact that you say, you know, your score sheet's there and you're looking at it all the time, like, how can you fill that? Like you're constantly doing that. And I don't think we give coaches enough credit for that. Um, So you know, I, I think that's, that's a good point. Like you, you care about your athletes. We care, like my, my athletes were my kids, you know, and right. you want to see them succeed. Like I hated when they got injured. I wanted to have them be happy on and cheering and enjoy the process, but sometimes things happen in life that are, that are going to make you unhappy and, and you have to kind of, and then can you do the work for it? And how can I encourage you? And how can I support you along that way? So it's a great reminder for people. Yeah, I just think that that's the biggest misconception about coaches or gym owners or whatever. I mean, we don't want to see any kids or parents, for that matter, unhappy, obviously, at the end of the day. But we also do need to make difficult decisions. And so, you know, one year it may go in your athlete's favor. And, you know, one year it may not be the right fit to the puzzle, Um, at least speaking for myself. That's a huge, um, just like, I I hate when people think that at the end of the day, my goal is to like, you know, hurt or upset a child. Obviously I wouldn't do this if I didn't love children and love the sport of cheerleading. So um, it's just, it's difficult. Yeah. Sometimes we're put in difficult positions, especially when we have so much to choose from, you know, and finding the right, right choice and it and it might be a process and sometimes it starts as one thing and then something doesn't work and oh this individual might make something work a little bit better and it's at the end of the day trying to figure out the right fit to the puzzle right it's a lot it's a lot of work it is yeah um so either Bay State or Shrewsbury what do you guys got going on um I'm, I'm assuming more well I'm assuming more Bay State but do you guys have any fundraiser or anything like or or upcoming clinics and stuff like yeah or camps what's going on with you guys yeah, so right now actually today this week has been um we've had camps this entire week so we actually have um three locations we have one in Millbury one in Woburn and one um a new one in Plastow New Hampshire Um, So we've been bringing together the coaches of all three gyms and going to all of the locations and doing just like kind of like clinics this week. So 
all of our athletes can get to learn um, some of the other coaches from the other locations that they only get to see at competitions on the weekends and, you know, hear their input and how they do things and, you know, get spotted from somebody different because sometimes I believe that the athletes get complacent in listening to their coach over and over and over. So I think bringing in, you know, other voices, whether that voice is saying the exact same thing, it's somebody else saying it. So it might just click a little differently in, in their brains. Um, so that's what we've been doing this week is, um, you know, a lot of team bonding and getting to know the different staffs and uh, um, working on our tumbling and our stunting technique and things like that. Um, Shrewsbury, we are not allowed to do anything until um, the end of the summer when the season starts. So we will probably be just doing a camp in July um, where, again, everybody will get to learn each other. We'll just work on basics of getting our stunt groups together and things like that. Uh, and then next week, we're closed for 4th of July. So that's like our one week off for the summer. Um, and then when we get back, we just keep grinding. We have a lot of like pyramid and stunt choreography coming up, putting our routines together, things like that, getting ready for the season. It's a never ending process. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's constant. Uh... I, and it, it kind of blows my mind, but I think uh, I'm getting I'm getting used to the idea that it's that that it just kind of flows like you finish. World is the end, right? Of the yeah, competition. So is the end of um, April, and yes. then summit is like that first weekend in May, and yep. then it's literally for us, anyways. I don't know what it's like everywhere, but for the month of May, we have um, we just do classes, so that's like our chill month in the gym where the kids can come four days a week, one day a week, zero days a week, whatever they want. And it's just like fun tumbling classes, stunting classes, you know, we do every type of class and that's when we do our evaluations. And then in June we start all over. So, I mean, May's our chill month, but you know, we're still staying active and working on our skills and things like that. And then that first week of June is always when we meet our teams and it's like, start all over. Here we go. Okay. Here's, here's yeah. the next 12 months. <laughs> wow. That's a, yeah, that's a, it's a, a lot. So I have to rethink my uh, strength and conditioning plan and when the downtime is. <laughs> I have to, I, I, that's a, cause, cause I, one thing I preach is like, okay, you need to, like you said, you've got to do the work outside the gym. You have to do the stretching. You have to, the flexibility work, the strength training and all that doesn't happen in the cheer gym. I mean, hopefully, you know, there's conditioning, but as a group, you do that, but like to be in, to get things where you want to, it has to be, it has to be progressive through the year and you have to take that time to do that. And you can only, there's only so much time in the gym, you know, with your team that you have. Um, and so I usually preach like, okay, during your off season is when you're going to really build strength, but that's a, I have to, I have to rephrase that (laughs) because yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, for, I mean, every high school is a little bit different. Some only do the fall season, which ends, you know, right before Thanksgiving. So then they do have a really big off season um, from like December all the way until tryouts in June. So that's a lot of time. I have a lot of um, multi-talented athletes that do other sports, whether it be gymnastics or track and field, softball, um, a lot of like, they're just busy so they're like athletic all around they're great cheerleaders and then you know they're on the softball field or you know things like that um we have done at shrewsbury 
we have done both seasons. Every year is a little bit different, you know, based on the interest. I mean, now having as much interest as we've had, you know, maybe we will have a basketball season, which will be good for the kids that don't do another sport. Yeah. Um, and it's good just to keep strengthening and conditioning and, you know, working on those stunts and things like that and tumbling in the off season from, you know, the fall super heavy competitive season in Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like, I think it's great that they are involved in other sports like softball because it, it creates a whole different, um, coordination. I mean, the eye hearing coordination you get from softball is absolutely going to carry over to catching a person, you know, (laughs) and, you know, and paying attention and and all of the different skill levels that come with that. So I think that's awesome. Um, and it's, that's been shown to help injury prevention and all that stuff. Um, so this is awesome. This, for me, it's been a great learning, um, conversation and, uh, um, and I'm, I applaud you for everything you're doing, like in the longevity that you've had in in the um, cheer industry and the cheer world, and and the, how your um, t- your programs are growing and and the and everything you're doing. So thank you so much for for being here. Um, how can people reach you if they um, want to connect with you? What's the best way so for them? To- they can email me. Um, my email address is base dot matthew m-a-t-t-h-e-w at gmail.com or um they can always reach me at the gym um 508-845-5678 very easy for cheerleaders um and those are probably the two easiest ways to to get directly right in contact with me cool and i know based date you i've seen you on social i follow you on social so I'll, I'll keep that in there and the Instagram stuff too. So yeah. Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. All the things. <laughs> did you, did you get that number, that phone number? Like, were you able to plan that yourself? Yes. <laughs> awesome. yeah. yeah. We actually requested it years and years ago. And it's, um, I mean, that was, I don't know. We probably got that when we started. I think that it's been with us since for 18 years or so. Wow. Um, and it's just, it's, a great easy way to remember yeah very cool well thank you again for being here i appreciate it and uh hopefully we'll connect maybe we'll uh i'll, I'll i'm going to follow and see what happens through the year and how you guys do and maybe we can connect again next year and and um just talk about how this year went and all the awesome things that you guys got going on yeah that would be awesome i'd love that uh, that concludes another episode of The Cheer Athlete. Everyone, have a great day. Don't forget, when in doubt, breathe it out. Take life one step at a time. And as my friend Drew Kelleher said, you're responsible for your own vibes. Have a good day. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Cheer Athlete. If you enjoyed it, please remember to like, share, and review. Because when you do that, it reaches more people. And if you have any comments, please leave them below. I look forward to having an ongoing discussion. To access our free guides... The, from the cheer PT, we have a healthy day, seven day cheerleading challenge and a uh, healthy fit cheer, which will help you improve your jumps and your tumbling. And then the 10 top ways to prevent cheerleading injuries, along with our concussions, uh, our concussion interview series. Any of these free guides you can find available in the links below. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions, please reach out. You can always reach us at www.movebetterllc.com. Have a great day, live life without deductions, and keep cheering.